It's so good to be here. God loves you all. Hey, online people, so good to see you as well. Not that I can see you, but I can see the camera. And Joe, and uh, look at you guys. Look at the lovebirds here, just got married. So good. So good to see you guys again. Like, please take your seats. Wow. Thank you, Ben. You, you guys are incredible. So good. Just feel the Spirit of God in this place, a house of faith where things can change. You never know when your life is going to change. I just love that. And we, we've been talking about relationships, you know, hashtag relationship goals. And I think Pastor John last week, he talked about sex. Like, whoop, look out. But yeah, I watched it on Facebook only because I was like on holiday. And it's a great message. So check that out if you want to know anything about the truth about sex. And then we've talked about families and marriages earlier on in the month. But today is our last day that we're talking about relationships. And today I'm talking about friendships. But, you know, being on holidays is such an awesome thing. And I love it because, like, I watch heaps of movies and TV and eat lots of stuff. You know, eat all the food that you probably shouldn't eat, but I love it. But it's, that's what holidays are about, right? And anyway, I saw this movie just recently. It's called Creed 2. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, some people, oh, the guys have heard of that. Well, Creed 2, it's actually uh, the movie after Creed 1 and <laughs> after all of the Rocky movies, all right? It follows on from that. But what I love about it is, you know, the final fight is always the, like, wow of, of that kind of movie. And I'm watching the final fight. I was actually going to get a little clip, but I don't know whether you guys could handle it, you know, because it's a bit early in the morning and, like, you know, his eye is out here and it's closed and there's blood over here and he's broken his ribs and he's just getting his head smacked in big time. Oh, my gosh. There's, like, he falls on the ground right before the ding, ding, ding for the next, you know, go, go into your corner. He falls on the ground. He's bleeding. He looks terrible. He's just been smacked around and punched around and he doesn't look like he's going to make it. He goes to the corner and then, if you know Rocky, like Rocky is, is there in his corner and he says, well, what do you want to do? Because he's on the legs. You know, he could die. He could die in this fight if he gets a few more smacks in the head. And, and then he, he looks at him and he just says, what do you want to do? You want to throw the towel in? And he just looks at him and... and, and the guy goes, no, 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 because I just, I just want it, I don't want it to just be, I want it to be the truth about me. And so Rocky then goes, right, so this is what you do. You do this, you do this, you do this. Then you look for an opening and you smack them and you knock them out. And guess what happens? He smacks him and he knocks the other guy out and he wins. I mean, it's so awesome. It's a great movie, but it reminded me of when I used to do Taekwondo and I did it for about five years, and I loved it. I loved it. It was like a sport. You keep fit. But I remember in, I'd, I'd be in tournaments, so all of my um, fighting after the age of 14 was in the ring. We're not talking about prior to that. Yeah, we're going to leave that alone. We're talking about after 14. All controlled fighting in the ring. That's right. That's right. So, but in a tournament, it was the finals, and like, I was getting, like, pommeled big time. In fact, like, I got kicked in the groin. I mean, that's not exciting. I mean, guys are thinking, like, oh, and you think, like, oh, it couldn't hurt that much. I mean, it hurts, believe me. I, 
it actually landed on my knees and I couldn't actually see for a while it hurt that much. It was painful. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Like, why am I even doing this? I feel like giving up. This is the finals of the Queensland champions for Taekwondo. And I'm, I'm on the ground thinking like, what am I doing? And I'm feeling like rubbish, absolute rubbish. I'm thinking, I'm not gonna make it. I don't feel like I can't hardly breathe anymore. It's hard, I've got kicked. I've got bruises all up my legs because she's been kicking the whole time underneath. I'm angry with her because she's been cheating. You don't kick below the belt. <laughs> but, but, you know, all these thoughts are going through my mind and they call time and I go back to my corner. Now, I choose the person who is in my corner for a reason. It's very important. It's the most pivotal person in a fight. You are, you've got the skills and you know what you're doing. But if you don't have a pivotal person, the right person in your corner, you're going to lose. And I know that. So I've got this awesome lady. She's, she was, through all my tournaments, I had her. Because I knew she could snap me out of this little funk I was in. So anyway, although I didn't appreciate it at the time, but I, but I, but I go back and she goes, come on, you can do this. Get up. I'm thinking like, but I just got kicked and I'm so sore. I can hardly, what a lot of rubbish. But she's like, she's like, just get up, keep going. She says, you are that close to winning, that close. There's only one minute left, one minute. You can do this, one minute. You are a kick in the head away from winning. Oh, well, because that's, that's how you score. You get points. If you punch someone in the face, in the head, well, that's like one point. But if you kick them in the head, that's three. So I'm thinking, wow, I'm a kick in the head away. Like, so, so, so I thought, you know, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. So like, I get up and I'm limping. I limp back out to the middle and, you know, punch the gloves thing. And I'm thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick you in the head, girly. But anyway, that's what happens, though. Because I've had that talk in my, in my corner, I'm a different person than I was before I went there. So I come back, I get into it, boom, boom, right in the head, bam, one, yes I won, come on, that's good. Woo, woo. But it's exciting. But that's what it's all about. You know, sometimes in our lives, in our journey in life, we can have giants in front of us. We can have things that, that want to stop us. It might be an injustice. It might be a financial issue. It might be a health issue. It might be a relationship issue. Whatever that is, a lot depends on who is in your corner. So the title of my message today is Who is in Your Corner? So before we start that, let's just close our eyes. I'm going to pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you are good. And I thank you, Father, for your word that is powerful and mighty and sharp. I thank you, Father, that you're going to speak today. Holy Spirit, come. Talk to people today. Talk to them about friendships, who their friends are, how to make friends, who their friends are going to be in the future. I thank you, Lord, that every person today will leave here changed. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Who is on Facebook or on Instagram. Obviously, you onlineers are. Yeah, I know, because you're watching this, right? So, that's right. And I guess, I bet you've got a lot of friends on Facebook. Do you know the average Facebook friends amount is 338? Who's got more than 338 friends? Whoa, look at this. Whoa, some, some people have actually got thousands and thousands and thousands of friends. 
I mean, that's what we call them. And on Instagram, we call them followers. But really, when you're sick and not feeling well, are they going to come to you? When you've got, you know, you, you haven't picked your kid up at school and you need someone to pick them up, are you going to go to Facebook and ask? No. You know what I mean? It's a different thing. They're just friends. I mean, half the people on my Facebook, I don't even know who they are. Like, I was looking through it and I thought, who is this dude? I mean, his name is Abba Dabba Dabba, and he's from somewhere. Like, but I'm thinking, I must have obviously said okay, but I don't know when and I don't know who he is. So that's what I'm saying. But that's the kind of thing when you deal with social media. What I'm talking about today is it is pivotal that you have people in your corner that are real flesh and blood friends. Good? Good. Because you know why? Our, our friendships determine the quality and direction of our lives. We are who we hang around. Who we hang out with, we become. So, you know, you think, oh, you know, that could be a really good thing. I mean, I've got some great friends, so I'm feeling good about that. But you might be thinking, oh, you know, I've got some, yeah, don't look at the person next to you. I see you guys doing that. You're like, oh, I'm not sure if that's all right. Of course they are a nice friend. What? But that's what I mean. You think about the quality and direction of your lives can be determined by who your friends are. So that's why in the Bible talks about choosing your friends wisely. And we can have a variety of friends. We can have workmates. We can have sports friends and close friends, all that sort of thing. But people come into our lives a lot of the time for a reason, for a season, or for life. Or God places them in our lives. So I'm going to talk about those four different sorts of uh, ways that you can have friends. Like, firstly, a reason. When I was actually uh, training for my black belt, I had a friend that I trained with for a year, specifically, because she was my partner in our grading, because we had to do self-defense moves, different routines, all that sort of thing. So you had to have a partner. For a year, we trained. We went to training, but we trained about three times a week, just her and I, to get ready for that. So we were like, so we spent a lot of time together in that year. We'd have dinner together, you know, we'd train, and then we'd have dinner and something, thing like that. But after, after we both got our black belts, I hardly saw her. Did we, did we ever fall in out? No, we didn't. Because she was a friend at the time for a reason. And same her way as well. It's not like we didn't have a falling out. I mean, when we saw each other, we still said hello, but we didn't need to hang out anymore because she was a friend for a reason. And sometimes you have friends for a reason. Sometimes you have a friend for a season. I found that at work. I sat next to this guy for uh, seven years. His name was Lou. And really, our relationship was mainly at work. And we'd talk and have a laugh. And I met his family. And he went and showed me his, his um, new unit when he bought it, all that sort of stuff. I bought a fridge off him years ago. But we, we were friends. You know, we, we were talking that. But when I left that job, I didn't. We weren't friends anymore. Did we have a falling out? No, we didn't. We didn't have a falling out. But it's just things change. It's a new season. I actually saw Lou not that long ago, and it was like, oh, hey, Lou. And we, we talked all the way. We saw, saw him on the way back from Brisbane. We talked all the way back in the bus. Because it's not that he wasn't a friend anymore. It's just it was for a season. And I don't know, where, you know, when do we, when you're a kid and you go to the park, 
Do you guys remember when you were a kid? You go to the park and you see people playing, you go, hey, I want to be your friend. Like, yeah, be my friend. And so you, you play and you have a great time and it's all awesome. And then when you go, that's it. But when, what happens when we grow up? All of a sudden, like, what, what, we can't do that? Like, hey, I want to be your friend. What stops us from that? I think it could be rejection. For some people, if you're rejected, maybe you've been through some hard times with friends and you think, oh no, I'm not going to put myself out there because they might not want to be my friend. Like seriously, don't worry about it. Just say, next. Like really? You say, do you want to be my friend? No, okay. Do you want to be my friend? No. Do you know what I mean? A person that makes themselves available and puts themselves out there will have friends. Will have friends. So don't worry about it. Relax. It's great having friends. You don't have to have friends for life. This is what I, I guess... I'm telling you, but you will have friends that are for life. Friends that believe in you fiercely. Friends that cheer you on with love and enthusiasm, no matter what is happening in your life. In Proverbs 18.24, it says, A man that has friends must himself be friendly. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So the best way to have a friend is actually to be one. Be friendly. E. Hubbard, he's a philosopher, he said, a true friend is the person who knows all about you and still likes you. That's right. And you know, I've got a friend like that, a friend that knows all about me. She knows me before I became a Christian 16 years ago. We've known each other for 28 years. We met through mutual friends. That, that, that friend I actually met at antenatal classes. That's how I remember how long ago it was. My eldest son is 28 so it would be just over 28 years, we'd be friends. I met her at a housewarming party, and I just knew there was something about her, and I knew we were going to be friends. And we have been friends for 28 years. We've been to each other's kids' 21st birthdays. We've celebrated together because we, we celebrate the wins. We've been together when things haven't gone that great. So I've got a picture of, of my friend. We, we travel a lot together. So if I could have the first one. We went on a trip to New Zealand last year to finish the rest of the South Island. Four years before that, we did, did the top half of the South Island. So that's my friend. Her name is Caroline. So we went there uh, in October, November last year. And it was so much fun. Like, put the next one up. That's on the top of Queensland Hill. So we climbed this hill. And it was amazing, the views from up there. But that basket we're sitting in, it's called the Basket of Dreams. You can take it down now. The basket of dreams. So we're, we're in there and we're praying for each other and we're praying for the dreams that we have for each other for the future and our kids' future. We spend some time in that basket just thinking of what our future is going to look like, praying for it, having a great time in this basket. A month later, after we get home, she finds that she has a lump the size of a lime on her brain. What? What was that all about? Basket of dreams. So I said basket of dreams. Just saying, just saying. There was a few little giggles down there. But yeah, basket of dreams. So she's got a lime in her, he in her head. Oh, well, not a lime, but a cyst the size of a lime in her head. She has an operation to try and get remove the cyst. During the operation... They have to close down one of the um, vessels in her brain because she would bleed out. Nearly lost her then. This is like killing me. This, you know, this is my friend that I've known for 28 years. 
We've been through so much together. What do you do? What do you do in that situation? What do you do when your friend is, what do you even say? It's so tough. You might have had friends that have been in a situation, you think like, how do I even make them feel better? You know? And sometimes you can actually feel like pulling away from them because you just don't know what to say. But you need to be in their corner. You need to be in their corner, especially at that time. So I was visiting her at the hospital, but all I could do was pray. And I asked my group, like we have smaller groups in church where we get together and we do life together. I asked my group to pray for her. People that are in my corner to pray for her because she's one of the most important people in my life. So we're praying. Then she finds out that, that like, you know, the tumor that's still there, it's a stage four glioblastoma tumor. She's given that she's got three to 12 months to live. Basket of dreams. Seriously, I'm like, God, what is going on? What is going on? So what happens? Her sister contacts um, a, a neurologist. His name is Charlie Teo. You might have heard of him because they've got to get the rest of it out. If you can get the whole lot out, it increases your lifespan. But the doctors at the hospital will not do it. She has an appointment with Charlie Teo who uh, says, yep, I'll do it. Yes! You know, that's a win. And you think like, yes, that's so good. Not that it's out, but it's just a win. And then find out it costs $120,000. Whoa, she doesn't have $120,000. So her daughter puts a GoFundMe on, you know, Facebook and Instagram, everywhere like that, GoFundMe and raises $97,000. It's like, whoa, but the whole time we're praying. Come on, God. And the basket of dreams. There were so many things that I saw for her. How can this be? Not in three to 12 months. We'd planned a holiday that would go on her 60th birthday, which is a few years off. And I'm thinking like, well, how can this be? How can this be? So. We raise, like the money is raised, she has the operation, and it removes the whole tumor. Like, can I just have that last picture? So on the left-hand side there, you can see like where it's like lit up, and there's a part that's around, that's the rest of the tumor. So the left-hand side is before, the right-hand side, both pictures, is after. The 100% of the tumor is gone in Jesus' name. And it increased her lifespan because it's not over because that's the kind of tumor that is renowned for growing back. It's not over, but it's increased her lifespan. They've given her five to 10 years, but I just don't believe that. I believe it's gonna be fine. I believe it because God knows the desires and dreams of our heart and he fulfills them and he fulfills our purpose and she's still got purpose. So she's not going anywhere. So you just think though, are there things in your life where you've had a giant ahead of you? A giant like, who is in your corner? You need people. You need people to stand with you, to pray for you, to stand by you, to care for you, to protect you, to look after you. That's what friendships are about. Good friends, they show up. They show up. When things are good, when things are are not so good. It doesn't matter. They show up. 
take time. Invest your time. It is worth it. It is so, so worth it. I mean, yes, I went to hospital visits and stuff like that, but I don't care. I sat there for hours with her. I don't care because she's my friend and I just want to be in her corner. Be in someone's corner. She's been in my corner many, many, many times. So show up. You might be in a group here already. And you know what? You might have had a busy day at work and you think, oh, I can't be bothered going to group tonight. You know, I think I'll watch Netflix or something. You might be thinking that, but I ought to tell you, show up. Because you don't know whose life you're going to impact or you don't know how your life is going to be impacted. I'm only saying this because I know it. I've, there's been plenty of times where I thought, oh, I can't. No, I don't feel like going to group tonight. It's been such a big day. I've got a big day tomorrow. But I've gone, and the things that have happened, the impact that's happened in my life through that, it'll change your life. If you're not in a group already, get in one after. Go out to our next step zone afterwards and find out about a group. Do life with good people. Come on. Not only that, like, earn trust. Friends earn trust, and they do that. They build, you build trust by being reliable, by keeping your word, by being loyal. In 1 Corinthians 13, 7, it says, if you love someone, you will be loyal to him, no matter what the cost. You will always believe in him, always expect the best of him, and always stand your ground in defending him. Because that's what friends do. Stand your ground and defend them. Expect the best of them. Protect them. And not only that, friends, they bring out the best in you. It is amazing how, how friends actually do. They bring out the best in you because they can challenge you. I mean, sometimes you might get a bit of feedback and you think like, how do you say that to me? Like, you're not my friend anymore. Like, like that's rubbish. But you're like, friends do things out of their heart because they love you. There, there is, in the Bible, it says an honest answer is a sign of true friendship. You need people in your corner, not just to encourage you, but sometimes to correct you. Have you opened up your life to be corrected? Have you opened up your life to take, you know, to listen? Your friends love you. That's why they tell you things, not, not to have a go at you. But open that door. You know, even it's, sometimes it's good to talk to a friend and say, you know what, I give you permission to speak into my life. I, if you see me going off track, like, tell me. If you, if you see me doing something I shouldn't be doing, tell me. And, like, and if you want, I'll do the same for you. <laughs> but, but that's it. Give people permission to speak into your life. Because, you know, a friend, they don't care about whether you're successful. They don't care about whether, you know, you're at the top of your game in your job. It's not about success. They care about you. That's what good friends do. Now, I talked about, you know, a reason, a season, and for life, but there are people that God chooses to put into your life. He does. There's been so many things. Like in the Bible, there's, there's a story about David and Jonathan. Now, David is, is the guy who killed the giant, the Philistine giant. And while he was like, you know, cut his head off, cut the Philistine. I mean, I'm, I love the Bible. It's so awesome, right? Cut this guy's up. And he's like, yeah. Cut. Like no one else would do it, but David did. But anyway, that's, that's a whole nother story. But in 1 Samuel 18, this is the story about how David and Jonathan meet. Uh, so Samuel, 1 Samuel 18, verse 1, it says, David had just killed Goliath the giant. 
David had been chosen by God to be the future. Oh, no, that's not what it says. that's, That's my thing. After David had finished talking to Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. So after David had finished talking to Saul, Saul was Jonathan's father. Saul was the king. David had been anointed by God prior to this to be the next king. But Saul is the king. So Jonathan, his son, is actually in the running to be the next king. They had never, they had no history. They had never met each other before. But it says there, after David had finished talking to Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense why you become friends with someone. This didn't even make sense. They had no history, had never even spoken to each other, ever. But just by seeing what was in David when it was revealed, it actually made Jonathan think, whoa, I'm a part of his destiny. And this is what happened straight after that. He says, you know, he goes up and he says, like, he gives him his robe. He gives it to David. He gives him his sword. He gives him his bow. He gives him, he gives him gifts because he knows he's been called for such a time of this in David's destiny, in David's purpose. God will place people in your life that are there for your destiny. You see, we can't do everything by ourselves. Not at all. There are people, like, like look for people that you're going to, like they, there are people around you that without you, they can't do the thing that you're there for. I know, it's so amazing, but God is faithful. He will put those people in your life. So he does that, and he protects David. He looks after him. He's not insecure. Jonathan was actually around about 27 years older than David. He was old enough to be his father. They were not the same age. Yet he sees him. He hears him speak. And he goes, I'm a part of his destiny. Here, have my robe. I don't care about my career. I don't care that I might be the king because I know that you are part of my destiny. I will give you my robe. I will give you my sword. I'm not insecure even about my father who later on wants to kill David. He warns him. This is his own father. He sacrifices his throne. He sacrifices his career for David because God put him there. You know, years ago, when I first started following God, I was at church one day and there was this lady there and I didn't know who she was. And I thought, there is something about her. I just had no idea. Anyway, I thought, I'm supposed to be in her life, but I don't really know her. But I picked up the courage to say, hi, (laughs) my name's Teresa. You're awesome. Oh, yeah, whatever. I don't even know what I said, but something stupid anyway. But but, but, but I knew, and I didn't even know why, and it, it didn't happen that moment, but we ended up becoming the best of friends. Her and I started a group together, and we had 20 women in it, and most of those 20 women are now in leadership in the church. But, but that's what I mean. But we were destined because when God puts somebody into your life, it's for a purpose. There is purpose. There is purpose. There's always purpose. 
So many different people. I remember I came here, when I came here, two weeks afterwards, someone came up to me and said, this is gonna sound really weird, especially since I hadn't met her, and, uh, but I really feel that we're gonna be friends. I'm thinking, like, man, she's crazy. <laughs> but, but I thought, well, I'll go with the flow, you know, whatever. And like, I did, we became friends. I actually joined her group and I met different people in her group and it led me in it to a greater understanding of who God was. People come into your life for a reason. Who is in your corner? When you're facing those giants, when you're facing, whether, it's a, whether it is a financial issue or a health issue, who is in your corner? And not only that, whose corner are you in? See, this works both ways. Be a good friend. Earn that trust. Celebrate the wins with them. Have a great, you know, but also share the losses. Because the Bible says, you know, be happy when they're happy. Weep when they weep. It talks about that. Be happy when they're happy. Weep when they weep. Share and celebrate. Celebrate those wins. Share the losses. People need you. You might think, oh, but no one wants to be my friend. Like, come on, let's relax now. Be like that kid in the park and go, hey, you want to be my friend? I've got to tell you, if you don't feel like you've got people in your corner, I really want to meet you personally after the service. I'm going to be out there at the next step zone because I'm going to find a group for you. I want you to have friends. Or you might want to serve on a team because that's a great way of making friends as well. So, so good. Who is in your corner? It'll change your life. Bring purpose and direction into your life. Okay, let's close our eyes. I just want to pray for you, for friends. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you see each person here today. I thank you, Lord, that you see their heart. And Father, I pray that you would put people in their corner, good people, reliable people, people that will show up, people that they can trust, that they can do life with. And Father, I also pray that you will show them who they need to be, whose corner they need to be in, who they need to back, who they need to pray for to enhance that person's destiny. I thank you, Father, that you're speaking to people right now. Holy Spirit, come. You're giving keys. Right now, even there are people I feel that you haven't even met some of the friends, the life friends that you're going to have now. But some of you will meet them in a group. So, Lord, I just thank you today for wisdom that we choose our friends wisely. In Jesus' name, amen. And while you've got your eyes closed, I want to offer you an opportunity to invite God into your life. You might have come along here today with a friend. My friend Caroline, she invited me to church 16 years ago because she loved me. She wanted a better life for me. And I walked into these doors, just like Shauna walked into the doors. Her life, Shauna's life, she's let God in. She's let God wash things off her that didn't need to be there. 
God destroyed that even other book. I mean, that's amazing because he loves her. But God loves you too, more than you know probably. He loves you with a passion. He chases after you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter about your upbringing. He wants you to have peace and joy in your life. That's what happened to me. I was like an angry, real angry little control freak. I mean, the Taekwondo helped and that, but really didn't actually help me enough. <laughs> but when I came to God, my heart just started to change. I had purpose. I had direction. There was joy in my life, so much joy that it didn't matter what my circumstances were. There was a joy in me that just rose and spilled out into other areas of my life. And that's because of my relationship with God. So today I want to give you that same opportunity. The Bible says that Jesus came so that you may have life in abundance and to the full. And I didn't have that at the time. But since I've given my heart to God, things are so changed and so different. You might be here today and you've never had a relationship with God. And today you know that you want one. Very soon I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and we're going to say a prayer just in your seat to invite Jesus into your life. It's a decision. It's simple. Or you might have been coming along a while and even followed God for a little while but walked away due to the distractions or busyness of life. It doesn't matter why, but because today you know that you want to reconnect with him. Very soon I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as well. Or you might be here today, you've been coming along a while and you think like, wow, you know, I'm not 100% certain that I'm going to go to heaven. So today I want to give you that opportunity as well to set things right. So if you're either one of those three types of people never had a relationship with God but you want one you want to reconnect with God or you want to be 100% certain that you're going to heaven right now I just want you to raise your hand up high so I can see it thank you I see your hand in the middle there in the front thank you I see your hand over to the right my right in the second row you can put your hand down That's all right. who else is there that wants to have a relationship with God a God that can come into your life, walk alongside you, guide you. I feel like today there's somebody here that's having issues with your son and it's like you've hit a wall and you don't know where to go. Jesus is the answer. If you don't have a relationship with God, like now's your chance to have one. Who else is there that wants a relationship with God? Be bold. He loves you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to take burdens off your life. Who else is there that wants to join these two people? Man, I don't want you to leave here and think, oh my goodness, I should have said that prayer. Same with those online. If that's you, you can respond in your lounge room. Just put your hand up. Is there anyone else? One more quick look over to the left. If you haven't raised your hand yet to accept Jesus, raise your hand. 
awesome. Let's keep our eyes closed. If that was you and you raised your hand, if I could just get the two of you just to raise your hand again. Thank you, thank you, yep. But you can put it down. I just want you to say it straight from your heart. We're gonna, I'm going to say a prayer, and then you're going to say it after me. All right, but we're all saying this together. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I invite you into my heart. Thank you that you love me, that you died for me, for me and my sin. I'm turning to you to follow you. I renounce the devil and all his ways. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Show me how to live. I thank you that today I am forgiven. I am set free and I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name. I'm just going to pray for those couple of people. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just thank you for those that raised their hand today. I thank you, Lord, that you will seal your word in them. I thank you, Lord, that you spoke to them, that they're so touched, that you've spoken specific words about friendships, about life, about following you. I thank you, Lord, that you love them. I thank you, Lord, that you pour out your spirit upon them. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for being so amazing. I'm going to hand it back to the band. If we could just all stand to our feet, please. And I'll hand it over to you.